0: WRKS, Pickens, Jackson.
2: It's all coming back! From the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. And there it comes again. Mississippi's number one sports talk show. The of Bounds Show with Bo Streaming worldwide live on the of Bounds Radio app and on your radio. At ESPN 105.9. What
0: is that? What
2: is that? The soul.
0: I didn't realize that we have uh, Garrett Schrader versus Keaton Thompson on Friday night. I didn't realize that was Friday night football. So, uh, Friday night football will give you the Syracuse Orange with Garrett Schrader against the UVA Cavaliers with Keaton Thompson. Just uh, wanted to let you know because I'm looking at the pearl. River Resort, Golden Moon Casino, Sportsbook Lines. And right now, it is uh, Garrett Schrader's Syracuse Orange uh, favored by 8.5 over Keaton Thompson and the Virginia Cavaliers. We are the Out of Bounds Show, uh, brought to you by the Bone-In Filet, Kessler Prime, and the Renaissance. Yes, they have Long Branch Bourbon and Russell's Reserve Bourbon. KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. We're streaming live on the zone 1059.com, brought to you by the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook uh, and award winning Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. I am live from the Sportsbook, which is also a lounge with all kinds of comfortable seating and a great place to experience game day. Uh, come in, play some bets within your budget, and. Uh, have a good time, enjoy some beverages, and uh, they also have food here. Don't forget that their new restaurant and bar is called Ms and it's a craft beer bourbon bar in the front, and it's got a super cool factor. They did a great job with that. Uh, there's also the center bar on sites and definitely the weekend's. And that's a cool place, too. If you have the PRRSports.com, if you go there, PRRSports.com, and have the uh, Pearl River Sports app, then you can bet anywhere on property and you don't have to stand in line. So that's PRRSports.com. Good morning. Welcome in. Farm Bureau Insurance call in line, 601-995-1059. I think I gave the wrong number out earlier. Oh, well. 601-995-1059. 601 995 1059. LSU Penn will be mad at me. Twitter, Twitter, at Bowbounds. Hit us up. Give us a follow on Twitter at Bowbounds. And then what was Mississippi AG is now AG Up Equipment Text Line 601 885 3776. Mississippi State is in the Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary window game. They will host Bowling Green at 11 a.m. Ole Miss will follow that up in the uh, dead heat of the afternoon at 3 o'clock as they will host the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. And one game is 21-plus point favorites for the Ole Miss Rebels. The other one, Mississippi State, is a 32-plus point favorite over Bowling Green. That's what that looks like right there. Um, we've talked about A&M and what a big game this is for Jimbo Fisher and what a big game this is for Sam Pittman. Um, you know, A&M has to go to Starkville well, next weekend. Uh, but they want this game first and foremost. Uh, Arkansas is hosting Alabama next week uh, next weekend. If they win, uh, you would have to believe game day is in Fayetteville. Blake, do you know? Yes, sir. Do you – couple of things. Has Arkansas ever hosted game day?
1: I'm sure they have. And if
0: they have, I mean, I guess maybe they hosted it under Petrino. When he was rolling, he had the Sugar Bowl year. I mean, Ole Miss has now had it twice. Mississippi State has had it. Uh you know, and then they 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 pick some smaller schools, which I think is great. App State, North Dakota State, uh, maybe they may have gone to like Coastal Carolina or something.
1: Uh, who is that? Chadwell's been doing well, but the last time they were at Arkansas was November eleventh, two thousand six, when number eleven when number eleven Arkansas hosted number thirteen Tennessee.
0: How about Houston Dale, my man?
1: That was on the way to Arkansas' SEC West uh, representation, their SEC West championship.
0: Wow. Before Houston Dale Nut goes to Ole Miss, he hosted game day uh, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Man, he had some good teams.
1: Uh, You know what's interesting? We talk about Alabama being on game day a lot. Um, And I'd, I'd have to go look uh yeah I'd, I'd have to go look and see uh, you know it feels like alabama I'd, I'd love to know if alabama's been on game day more as the host or on the road you know what i mean because there's such a big when a state when an old miss when an arkansas needs to host a game day as a high-ranked opponent you need an alabama a georgia an lsu coming in you know what i mean you don't you don't host game day as playing Mississippi State versus Ole Miss very often. It's got to be like State versus Alabama or Ole Miss versus right. Alabama. You see what I'm saying? Right. I'd love to know how many Alabama's been the away the away team versus the home team for game day.
0: Well, that's a good question, my man. And um, so Arkansas hasn't hosted game day since 2006, and it was when Fulmer still had Tennessee rolling. And uh, isn't that crazy that Houston Dale Nut? That was the last time the Hogs hosted Game Day, and they have a chance if they can beat A and M this weekend to uh, to host Game Day next weekend as as they'll host the Alabama Crimson Tide. As Blake was referencing,
1: mm-hmm. you know how
0: many time how many times has Bama had Game Day? I don't know. I mean
1: goodness. yeah an uncountable amount of you know, time.
0: Right. How many times has Alabama played in the 23330 CBS slot? I don't know. Uh you know they basically call it the Alabama game and Gary Daniels and that's why everybody, you know, hates Gary Daniels cuz he's always calling the Alabama game and talking good about Alabama. Uh, you know Alabama's in another snoozer this weekend with Vanderbilt. I don't even know what that line is. Ryan just handed it to me, but it's probably it's is, the is it's it the largest 550? ever. 550.
1: It's the largest ever between two SEC opponents. It it's opened at Alabama minus 40, and it was Good the largest. Grief. It was the largest ever spread between conference opponents.
0: The largest the SEC, ever yeah. spread between conference opponents. I want y'all to think about that for one second.
1: 40 point difference, and they play in the same conference.
0: 40 point difference. They play in the same conference. Largest ever. Oh my goodness. I, and it doesn't feel like enough, Blake. No, you, know, crazy?
1: you mentioned the line, too, for Ole Miss and Tulsa, and you asked why, you, you know, did it feel like that was a lower line. Tulsa is averaging 43 points a game this season. Oh, I see their passing
0: offense right now. Yeah,
1: here. that's going to be, you know, I, will Ole Miss lose this game? Absolutely not. Unequivocally, no, unless something catastrophic happens, right? Right. Um, but, I, like, I think Dart could go out and Altmaier could come in and they'd still cover the 21. But – Right. Tulsa's going to stress the defense a little bit, I think, more than their first three opponents because they actually play offense. Yeah. Not stress in the sense of lose, but I mean, I think Tulsa will move the ball and will score some points, and that's why it that line. That's why that line's only twenty-one.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of chirping in Oxford that this is this is their their best defense since twenty uh, fourteen or fifteen. Oh. That they both have the front and the back end covered and that we – nobody – and Old Miss doesn't care about defense. I mean, they do in the heart of the moment. But, you know, it's always been about offense and explosive plays and so on. But right now, and they haven't played anybody, but this defense, it looks like they're covered maybe on both le- – that they can put pressure on the QB in the front. And on the back end, you know, they really like what they have as far as players returning and guys that Kiffin and that staff were able to add through the transfer portal. Um, And that Ole Miss defense was unbelievable the last six games of the season last year. And we really didn't kind of missed it. Uh, All right. The Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN, brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. For any orthopedic hiccup mississippisportsmedicine.com fortification in Bellhaven, Lakeland Drive, Flowood we, we're live from the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook Steve Palazzo, FL Insider Yingling Lager Guest Line, 830 And we're live from the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Time Out Lounge. Great place to hang out uh, on a, well, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday night, or any time. But y'all know we have football tonight. We have football tomorrow night. Football Saturday, Sunday, and Monday We're live here from the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge right down the street from Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Book your stay and play right now. DancingRabbitGolf.com. DancingRabbitGolf.com. Good morning. Welcome in. Uh, The show is brought to you by 44 Prime in Startville, Mississippi. Um, Phenomenal new steakhouse. Roy Oswalt is the owner, Houston Astros Hall of Famer, and uh, serving delicious steaks and seafood. Um, Oh, man, I recommend the tuna tartare, the onion rings, the calamari, any of the steaks. and They have fish specials for days. Um, They do a really cool Russell's Reserve, smoked old-fashioned. That's cool. Uh, All kinds of uh, fun things going on there. 44prime.com. Where's the 44 come from? Roy Oswalt wore the number 44 for the Houston Astros. It's right off Main Street. You could hit a driver from there to Spring Street Cigars. So you can pregame with the cigar before 44 Prime or after 44 Prime. Um, Blake's jealous. I got to eat at Philip M's last night, and I took a picture of the saffron chowder, and uh, it was delicious. It was a great group in there. Um it was a lot of fun, a lot of people eating in the bar area. We talk about how it's old-style Vegas. I love the black and the red and the white and the leather. It looks cool. Um, they do have Russell's Reserve, which is awesome. Uh, Marty Stewart ends up uh, walking in. I join them at their table. Five-time Grammy winner. Um, they're investing over $20 million in downtown Philadelphia, Mississippi. For a music museum in which Marty Stewart has collected, uh, he's got the largest collection of country music memorabilia, and maybe music memorabilia regardless of genre. I have to check that, uh, but country music for sure in the world. He's from Philadelphia, Mississippi. Uh, they're also uh, building a theater, kind of just like you know the Grand Old Opry, where they're going to have all kinds of shows. And they're looking at 60,000 people a year coming through Philadelphia, Mississippi, um, to go through the museum and and see the uh, amazing and historic and iconic memorabilia and take in other things. People will also play golf at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. They'll come to the sports book. It's going to be a win-win for another small Mississippi town. As we mentioned, Meridian a couple of weeks ago, Laurel, Ocean Springs, and many others that are in the process of uh, growing, building, rebuilding, and revitalization. Blake Scott, Bo Bounds on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Blake, are some people upset with me about discussing Mississippi State's offense or lack thereof and the personnel grouping at the wide receiver position and why they can't – play Ra Ra Thomas and Tulu Griffin Uh, either their two most talented or two of their better wide receivers at the same time?
1: People are always upset with you but yes specifically that has triggered some people it's interesting the responses because there's a group of responders who say yes Leach is hard headed he's stubborn there's no difference between Leach and Jimbo Fisher he's going to run his offense no matter what yada 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 he's wrong, and then there's a there's a group of people who have voiced the opinion that leach knows more than a bunch of upset fans about who should be on the field and who shouldn't, and uh you have to trust that they're putting the right people on the field that's you know it's two takes to every story
0: okay all right well, uh, I think the people that are talking about playing Ra Ra and Tulu at the same time are right and questioning how about that i you know I think it's pretty simple. It's the SEC. I do understand playing a lot of people early in a game. I very much understand that. Um, I, I, you know, kind of get the feel, get 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 some people some breaking a sweat, getting some touches. You never know whose day it's going to be. Coaches don't. We don't know that in business. You don't know whose day it's going to be. So you want to get? I get that. I understand playing a lot of people early. Hugh Freeze did it. Lane does it. Mullen does it leach does it great that makes sense as the game unfolds you got to have your best players on the field and especially in the southeastern conference in the second half your best players need to rep out the majority of the place no ifs ands or buts none and so i i see all the substituting and different personnel groupings, and that's fine early. You're trying to figure some things out, get some people. They need to get hit. They need to break a sweat. We don't hit each other in practice anymore. We can't emulate game speed, replicate, whatever. And that that makes sense to me, and I hear about that both at the collegiate level and the NFL. As the game unfolds, got to have my best dudes out there. Or – if there's a guy who maybe you didn't think was your best dude, but it's his day, he gets to be one of those four wideouts. Is that simple enough? But do you remember I guess I, yeah. LSU? Did, did 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 Booty and Neighbors? I almost feel like a kid, like say that name and like run underneath a chair. Huh. D- did did Booty and Neighbors go out? They didn't. You got to play your best dudes in the second half. So, I understand rotating, get a lot of people going, get them hit, see if they're going to catch the ball, see if somebody's got some electricity in them, and, and all of that. Get worked out, get the heart rate up, so on and so forth. And then, boom. But as the, as the game unfolds, you you got to get your best, and you're already somewhat limited. Like, you know, you just you don't have your margin for error is so slim um, and thin that you you got to play your best players. Now I do agree that with what Chris Doring said that Leach is starting to mix it up a little bit, run the football more. Um, it looks like someone in the off season has. Uh, talked him into or convinced him or whatever that hey just a few more touches here and there could help and look if you would have told me that uh marks woody marks would roll for 37 yard touchdown and dylan johnson would have a 27 yard run i would probably tell you that mississippi state's offense on saturday would put if you'd have told me that before the game i'd have said hey i they're they're gonna have a good day or that the They would already have 54 or 60 yards um, in the first, what, possession or two and then not have anything the rest of the game. I I would have said, oh, wow, they have a chance to to score some points and and it to be a hell of a ball game and, and the game to go in the fourth quarter. But, man, when LSU turned the faucet off, turned the shower off, turned the water off, that was it. I mean, there were a bunch of three-and-outs and 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 four-and-outs. So I just think it will be interesting to see what they do. And and what are you going to know this weekend, Blake? You know, I guess you can know personnel groupings. What are you going to find out against Bowling Green?
1: All you're going to find out is if the coaching staff thinks what we think, which is Ra Ra and Tulu need to be on the field at the same time. If they don't, then you get your answer on what they actually think about the two talents.
0: Yeah. This show's flying by. Blake Scott, Bow Bounds, Out of Bounds. I'm live from the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook. It's also a lounge, and it is an awesome, awesome game day or game night experience. They've got a lot going on here. Not only can you hit the lounge, you can hit blackjack. uh, Play a little poker here at the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook. You can also book your stay and play right now, dancingrabbitgolf.com. Don't forget that Went McGee is the mortgage man. Mortgagemanms.com. Steve Palazzolo coming up next on the NFL. Hey, uh, the Out of Bounds show is brought to you by the amazing Wings and Street Tacos at uh, Two Brothers. Game day starts and ends with Two Brothers. Just ask Dak Prescott and Jeffrey Simmons. That's where they hung out a couple of weeks ago after the uh, MSU Memphis game. And Two Brothers is right by campus and the stadium on University. Uh, In the Cotton District, Two Brothers Wings, Street Tacos. Uh, The burger is super underrated. And Barton and Sims are usually throwing together some other, you know, specials. I mean, they'll do some duck gumbo. Uh, They'll do some kind of cool sandwich. Um, Y'all know about the pulled pork uh, grilled cheese. But uh, Two Brothers will be rolling this afternoon about uh, 3 or 4 o'clock. And they will go all the way through Sunday Afternoon at Two Brothers in Stark, Vegas, Mississippi. Also, while you're in Starkville, don't forget about Spring Street Cigars. Uh, Beautiful new high end cigar shop and lounge. Spring Street Cigars, downstairs, upstairs uh, in Starkville. It's on the other end from where Two Brothers is. So it's on the west end of Main Street. Uh, It's a lounge area. It's really cool. Wonderful selection of cigars. Spring Street Cigars in Stark Vegas, Mississippi. Stop by and check it out. Beautiful exposed brick, wood beams, really, really nice, comfortable chairs and so on. Great place to smoke a Rocky Patel, Liga Pravada, you know, La Florida Minacana, whatever it is that you, uh, your game day stick at, at Spring Street Cigars. Good morning. Welcome in. We're live from the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge, And we're right down the street from award-winning Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, DancingRabbitGolf.com. And our guests join us on the Yingling Lager guest line. We welcome in Steve Palazzolo, NFL insider, pro, football focus, PFF.com. And uh, Steve P. joins us on the Out of Bounds show. Steve, let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they won with Cooper Rush. What does that mean for Dak? What does that mean for the Cowboys?
2: I mean, not a ton, I don't think, as far as Cooper Rush versus Dak. But the offense did look better uh, last week than, than it did the previous week against the Bucks. The Bucks defense looks like they could be legit, so that's certainly a factor. But, you know, Cooper Rush made enough plays. I thought Tony Romo described his game pretty well. You know, his two starts, it's been, you know, some good, a, a lull, and then, um, some good again. And, you know, Cooper Rush making a few plays at the end. But I think for Dallas, you just saw Micah Parsons as a game wrecker, you know, continuing to take his game to the next level. And I think that defense is going to at least keep them close. And when Dak is able to come back, they do just have to, to figure out, you know, how to uh, how to distribute the ball, how to have some playmakers that they trust. Um, but they showed it can be done. Not that it was a great offensive performance by the Cowboys by any means, but um, it was good enough and they can rely on their defense to at least keep them close. Uh,
0: when it comes to Micah Parsons and this whole LT reincarnated discussion, are
2: you buying or is it overblown, Steve Palazzola? I'm buying it. I, I think it's. I think he's been incredible. Um, the fact that he's been a linebacker and an edge rusher, I think, makes it a little bit more impressive for me. The fact that he's literally played two different positions. Those are those are different positions. You know, like when you see a team that plays a three, four and they say, Hey, this guy's an outside linebacker. That's really an edge rusher, right? That's different from an inside linebacker. And he has played both. And you just really don't see that across the NFL. But when he comes down and lines up one-on-one against tackles, he doesn't lose. He very rarely loses. And I know last week there was this viral clip of Leonard Fournette chipping him and, you know, putting him on the ground. And it's like, that's fine. Like that. That's not Micah Parsons' fault. That's the Bucks had to give help to uh, to their left tackle because Micah Parsons is so good. So when he has a one-on-one, he's winning. And he's winning cleanly, and he's finishing the play. So, look, I mean, I know we, we speak in hyperbole a lot in uh, sports media, but Micah Parsons, as far as immediate impact coming into the league, similar to, say, a Vaughn Miller, similar to probably a, a Lawrence Taylor as well.
0: He is Steve Palazzolo, pro football focus on the Yingling Lager guest line, talking NFL as we're off and running. Golly, it's exciting. And uh, great matchups every weekend. We don't always get that in college, but we do in the NFL. Steve joins us on the Out of Bounds show. I'm live from the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook. what do you make of Joe Burrow and what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals and how bad they've looked the, the last two games coming off a Super Bowl appearance, Steve?
2: So I think even if you look at the Bengals last year, their offense was very boom or bust. They had games where Jamar Chase would take over, Burrow and Chase would really take over, create these big plays, but it still wasn't the most efficient down-for-down down offense. They had a lot of negative plays. Steel Burrow got sacked a ton. We know that. Even on the playoff run, got sacked a ridiculous number of times. And then they just they had games where Jamar you know, Case would have 60-yard touchdowns, a 50-yard touchdown. So they don't have those this year. And the sacks have remained. And, and I think what we've learned a lot from just a data perspective, sack totals are more on the quarterback than they are the offensive line. So I do think that the Bengals have improved their offensive line. They've also run up against the Steelers, who have T.J. or had him for most of the game, and he was just dominating. They ran into Micah Parsons, who was dominating. So that should get a little bit better up front for the Bengals, but Burrow's got to do a better job. They need to figure out the short game and the intermediate game, that 10- to 19-yard level. they got to be more efficient there in Cincinnati, get the ball out of Burrow's hands. But it's a play style issue for him right now, where you know not every stack is his fault, but there's a lot of plays where he likes to hold the ball and, create or let the guys get open down the field, I think they got to get the ball out of his hands quicker and and, um, get him to get rid of the ball quicker. Other quarterbacks have dealt with this, you know, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill. There are players through the years who have high sack rates and um, are still good, and you can, you know, create good offense there. But I think some kind of adjustment needs to happen in Burrow's game so that they take fewer negative plays.
0: How much... Did Jamar Chase's talent and explosiveness mask their deficiencies on offense last year, and what he could do as far as taking it to the house or generating explosive plays?
2: I think it masked the offensive line last year. You know, there was there was one particular deep ball against the Steelers last year where the offensive line lost almost immediately, but Jamar Chase won immediately off the line and burrow got rid of it in about two seconds that was the play that kind of summed it up for me which was receivers can protect the quarterback receivers can uh protect you know your your quarterback from getting hit and just by getting open quickly um but i don't think they're bad otherwise as far as their playmakers go tyler boyd is a good possession receiver when t higgins is healthy he's a good big bodied possession receiver they did have cj ozama last year working the middle of the field i think tight end they missed that security blanket, I think, a little bit in the middle of the field there. So um, I wouldn't say Jamar Chase was masking deficiencies as much as he was just adding – he was just taking them to the next level. But there were certain games where the offense was trudging along, trudging along, and it's like, oh, Jamar Chase is going to create two or three big plays, and now it changes. Um, so they dealt with this last year. Just because they went to the Super Bowl doesn't mean it was all great last year. They dealt with this in Cincinnati. They had games where they were terrible offensively, and then they had just two deep touchdowns. So I think they'll get out of it, but, yeah, they have to figure out how to be a little bit more consistent and not just rely on Jamar Chase.
0: Steve Palazzolo, NFL Insider, Pro Football Focus, pff.com. He's hanging out with us on the Yingling Lager guest line. We have the Saints and the Panthers this weekend, Steve. Is it time for the Saints to move to Andy Dalton? Jameis Winston can figure this out. What's going on at the QB position in NOLA?
2: Man, I know they're saying Jameis was playing hurt last week. It was it was a rough game. I mean, the the, the Saints had an opportunity against the Bucs because their defense was playing well, as always, against the Bucs. Um, I'm not ready to get rid of Jameis just yet. You know, me as a, a Jameis believer, I think that same high level of volatility is going to work the other way for him at some point. But, again, I think the, the Bucs might just be really good defensively you know the so Dak couldn't get anything done with Dallas and Jameis I I know he it wasn't just the Bucs Jameis is overthrowing guys he's throwing the ball to the defense and and missing open plays but um, I would stick with Jameis a little bit because I I still think he's the best option I think you know what you're going to get with Andy Dalton and there's not going to be as many go win the game type of moments coming from Andy Dalton Jameis had that in week one he went and won the game I know maybe they were down in part because of him but they went and won the game against Atlanta. I still think that's probably better for the Saints long-term. Uh, all that said, if Jameis keeps playing like he did last week, yeah, Andy Dalton's a better option. So I'd be I'd be watching closely, but i, I got to give Jameis a little bit more time here.
0: What about the Miami Dolphins? And, you know, the Ravens for the last 20-plus years with Ozzie Newsom and, you know, Harbaugh and so on – Uh, They're run so well, and they're not good on defense. But now, which is crazy because the Ravens won on the defensive side of the football for years. Uh, What do you make of Tua Tonga-Valoa and Miami and what they did with the six touchdowns and two picks? Are you you shifting towards all in on Tua? How do you see it?
2: I mean, I I think it... I think it's starting to answer a lot of the questions we had this offseason, which is what does the impact of one incredible receiver do for an offense? I think we're seeing in Philadelphia what H.J. Proud's doing over there. I think we're seeing it in Miami, what Tyree Hill's doing there. Maybe the, the Raiders aren't getting there. Devontae Adams return just yet. But Tyree Hill, when you're down 35-14, to 14, can still run behind the defense. And um, between him and Jalen Waddle and what they both did, uh, two touchdowns apiece over 150 yards, I mean that's that's how you create offense in today's NFL, and I think you have to credit Tua for getting them the ball. But as I predicted before the season, I don't know if Tua's going to play that much better, but the stats are going to look much better. And so far, we're seeing a lot, some great stats, incredible. Yeah, uh, eighteen. I think it was eighteen percent of his career touchdowns came on Sunday. You know, <laughs> just in that one game. So, um, so I think Tua's been better. than any team in the league and more play action. I mean, they're doing things to put the quarterback in position to succeed. So um, if Seward does have a huge year and keeps this up, just like I think the Bills are kind of a template for here, here's how you build around a young quarterback. You, you have to surround him with, with great offensive players or very good offensive players. Maybe Miami's going to have something by the end of the year saying, hey, even if your quarterback's trudging along through two years, if you get them the alpha receiver, you get them with a better offensive line, you do all these things to put them in position to succeed, play calling-wise, you can get the most out of them. and um, So far, so good for Miami. Impressed with Tua. Um, but really seeing the strategy of just loading up on speed and playmakers and a good play caller paying off so far for the Dolphins.
0: Absolutely. More about the people around him for sure. Uh, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. Let's talk about quarterbacks who have looked better than you thought, quarterbacks who have looked worse than you thought just in the first couple of weeks of the season. Steve?
2: Well, definitely, I mean, Jalen Hurts has played just incredible ball. We saw that on Monday Night Football. I mean, near a near-flawless game uh, as far as Jalen Hurts goes because he's just he's spreading the ball around. Uh, he's uh, decisive. Uh, that was one of the question marks with Hurts. You know, could he be – is he is he finding all of the open receivers when needed? I think he's done. He's just been excellent at that so far. I mean, Joe Flacco is playing good ball. He had that, yeah, you know, the, the miraculous comeback against the Cleveland Browns. I think I think Flacco kind of stepping his game up. In, in, you know, and it's a two game sample, but yeah, he's played pretty well. Um, on the other end, um, I don't know if I was expecting more from Matt Ryan, but he's certainly been disappointing so far. Um, I don't know. Colts fans were expecting him to be the best quarterback they've had since Andrew Locke. We certainly haven't seen that yet. Baker Mayfield, my, my old buddy, certainly <laughs> on the disappointing end as well. So it's been much of the same as far as a limited passing attack. You know, comeback attempts. There, there's no shot in Carolina, and uh, just doesn't look comfortable and just, just not playing well.
0: Uh, if you had to bet a hundred dollars today, uh, Baker Mayfield's in the league in three years. Yes or no?
2: Oh, I'd say yes. I mean, first-round pedigree matters the most, I think. And if he's comfortable, if he's okay being a backup, then he'll he'll be around for a while, at least as a backup. So I'll throw 100 bucks on Baker still around.
0: Okay. You mentioned the first-round pedigree. Uh, it's amazing how much of a pass those guys get that are – the first pick or top five top 10 top 15 i mean would you argue same thing with marcus mariota and the reason why he'll hang around it's almost like regardless of production uh you always have that that first round pick on your shoulder and and that allows you to hang around longer sometimes maybe than another guy would who's just as talented or no
2: i mean that helps but yeah, I mean the NFL certainly if you look at some of their decisions and, and how they re-sign players and how they take players, the the pedigree does matter. Now part of it is the reason why a guy went in the first round is he probably has certain tools or skills or whatever it might have been that you know teams think they can unlock that or whatever. But I think Mariota is still one of those top, you know, thirty two ish type of quarterbacks. So it's not, you know, him necessarily it's not necessarily the pedigree. I think he's a He's a good low-end starter. You know, I think that's just kind of what Mariota is at this point. And that's what a lot of the first-rounders are, right? I mean, the Carson Wentzes and Jared Goffs and Marcus Mariota's of the world, they're not bad quarterbacks. They could all start. They could all start and have good seasons. They could all start and have bad seasons. They're they're pretty much a low-end type of starters, but one of the top 32 in the world. So they'll stick around and probably have jobs until they find better options in their respective locations.
0: All right, Packers at the Buccaneers. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Packers still don't look good. Uh, you know they've let a lot of talent exit out the door. Um, what What are your expectations for this game in Tampa Bay, Rodgers and Brady?
2: I think this might be a low-scoring game with you know two of the legends at quarterback. Uh, the Packers have their questions at receiver. I know they, they look much better against the Bears, but I, I really don't think the Bears are any good. And I think their week one win against the Niners was, you know, in a rainstorm and, you know, a little tainted. But um, it's tough to know what the Packers really are at this point. But again, the Bucks defense has played so well through two weeks. I think they're going to do a pretty good job against the Packers' offense. And then the Bucks offense, every receiver's hurt or suspended. So they're trying to figure out how to get their passing game going. And, and the Bucks have become one of the most run-heavy teams in the league, I think in part because of the receiver injuries and their offensive line injuries. So the Bucks have been pretty healthy the last couple of years until that playoff run last year, but they're not right now. Their offensive line's being shuffled and all of their receivers are out and they don't have a tight end that can replace Gronk. So I think the Bucks are trying to stitch it together offensively and they're going to maybe struggle a little bit to move the ball against the Packers. I think we're looking at a low-scoring game, and but but I think both teams are going to be better, you know, fifteen weeks from now. I think they're both going to be better as they get into the playoff runs, especially if they stay healthy. But I think both teams, you know, trying to figure it out at this point.
0: You buying Carson Wentz with the Commanders?
2: No, I mean I don't think he's, I don't think he's played that well. <laughs> I think he's. I don't know what I'm buying. I, I, he's got seven touchdowns. I didn't even realize he's leading the league in touchdowns. He's tied for the league lead with seven touchdowns. But all I'll buy is the fact that he's he's throwing the ball down the field a little bit more. He's been a little bit more aggressive. He still has these horrible, disastrous plays and, and negative uh, negative plays that they're that they're uh, that he's bringing to the table. But I, I like aggressive Carson Wentz. I think Jahan Dawson looks pretty good, and you have Terry McLaurin, and Curtis Samuel. You've got these playmakers there. So I I want volatile, just like I always say with Jameis, I want volatile, crazy Carson Wentz. Because the high end is good. Um, I'll deal with some of the negative plays because he could could win me some games throwing the ball down the field. So that's all I'll buy with Carson Wentz is that they're going to let him be a little bit more aggressive. Where I think in Indianapolis, he's very conservative. And they tried to make him into a game manager, which I, which I don't think is the best way to use Carson Wentz's skill set.
0: I got you, Steve Palazzolo on the Yingling Lager guest line. You know, we had Fred Smoot on yesterday, and I'm going to tell him that you're a hater of Wentz. Just FY.
2: <laughs> what should I be saying about Wentz? Fred, Fred's a big. Uh, is he buying? He likes. Fred's oh, he's back.
0: buying. I mean, but good grief, he was buying. You know. Uh, Oh God! It wasn't. Yeah, Haskins. That was the one that I gave him hell about. Uh, yeah, he yeah. he was telling me that Dwayne Haskins was better than Dak Prescott, and um, and you know, and then oh, and boy. then what did and then Fitzmagic and did Heineke go through there? Or am I am I getting that oh, mixed yeah. up? with yeah. I
2: mean, yeah. Heineke had the best playoff game against the Bucs when the Bucks won the Super Bowl. The Bucks beat Taylor Heineke. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes, and Heineke had the best game out of all of them in the uh, wild card round. But then he wasn't very good last year.
0: Hey, you know it can happen. Even Tim Tebow had a had a good game in in the he did he playoffs. Did. All right, dude. Uh, is Blake still bothering you on the weekends for fantasy football? Or we nipped that in the bud? What, what's going on there, my man?
2: Oh yeah, I get I get like, uh, who would you start? I need one of these uh, seven players. <laughs>
0: who are you going to start? Who, who should be my flex? <laughs> I All love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, you know it's NFL so good. Uh, oh, do you? How much time do I have, Blake? I got I got a minute. Well The Ravens. They've won for twenty two years. And Ozzie Newsom, I know he stepped in a different role that people stay – whatever. Newsome, Biscotti, and, 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 of course, once Harbaugh went in. And and what's going on there? Why are they uh, – was it – is it finally Newsome stepping away and they're not doing the same things on the personnel side? How do you see it in Baltimore? No, I still
2: think they're okay personnel-wise. Last week was a weird game. I mean, it was it was an absolute collapse, and I think if they didn't collapse, you'd be saying, "Hey, it's kind of the old Ravens. They dominated. It was a dominant performance as far as that offense goes." I think they'll be fine, um, and I think the personnel is okay. They got to get their run game going, though. I'm like anti-run game guy, but if the, the Ravens <laughs> love to run the ball and they're not efficient yet, so that part they do need to figure out. I think the offensive line has been a little hit or miss these last couple of years.
0: Hey, Blake, since Palazzolo's anti-run game. I think if it doesn't – we hope it works out for him at Pro Football Focus, but if it doesn't, he can be Mike Leach's chief of staff.
1: It can't be any worse than who they have.
0: Okay. All right. All right, buddy. Uh, Have a great weekend. We appreciate it, Steve P. All right. Thanks, guys. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. He joined us on the Yingling Lager guest line. Don't forget that Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland has Yingling. Lager, Bulldog Burger in and Startville, and Tupelo. You can pair your uh, delicious, amazing cheeseburger or double cheeseburger from Bulldog Burger with uh, one of the best beers in the world, American-made Yingling Lager, uh, which you can find. Let's see, I went. To, I've been to like six grocery stores in the last week because I'm kind of checking out everything that they have in the metro and they definitely have yingling including at corner market grocery stores in the state of mississippi you can uh grab a six-pack enjoy it please drink responsibly throw some burgers on the grill and or hit bulldog burger in ridgeland startville or tupelo and pair your next uh cheeseburger with a yingling beer uh it is amazing beer blake mania what'd you think man Palazzolo on target?
1: Yeah, I'm texting in my fantasy lineup right now.
0: Good. Good. We need to keep that thing rolling. We're live from the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook. We'll have Hop Mania with us at 915. Chris Hopwood, the uh, director of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. And he'll hang out with us in 20 minutes. Looking forward to that. Uh, The show is also brought to you by Independent Roofing Systems, the number one commercial roofing company in the state of Mississippi. Independent Roofing Systems, roofing.ms.